Hello and welcome to another Tusk Talks Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host Tusk, also known as Adam Chalk. And if you haven't already listened to the podcast before, um, what we do here is give our honest opinion on the things we like or dislike from all the going-ons in professional wrestling, from shows like WWE, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AW Dynamite and Rampage, as well as pay-per-views and some indie shows, as well as talking about the latest news headlines doing the rounds. And last night, WWE had another NXT 2.0 show, and although the black and gold from NXT's past is leaking into the main roster shows at the minute, it certainly didn't feel like that on this show. Uh, there were parts of the show that I did enjoy, but there were more things on it that I didn't, um, or just was not interested in, really. That being said, we do have to try and review it a little bit differently than we would other shows. Uh, we have to try and remember that this is a de- uh, developmental brand, which just happens to be on TV. So we are going to see mistakes and wrestlers getting lost in matches, which did happen a few times on this show uh, because they're still learning. Uh, but we're not going to go into all that sort of thing too much. Uh, when we talk about these NXT shows, but we will talk about what went down on last night's show. So let's get into it, shall we? And we started off with the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship Fatal 4-Way Elimination Match. And the teams were Toxic Attraction, Yelisa uh, Leon and Valentina Feroz. Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxley and the eventual winners and the new tag team champions, Katana Chance and Caden Carter. I was impressed by uh, Faraz and Leon. Um, and this was the best that I've ever seen them, I think. Uh, they hit a couple of nice dives. Um, but they were the first team to get eliminated. Uh, but they had a good show in. Ivy Nile and Tate and Paxley were then next out of the match who I don't think were that great um, especially Tate and Paxley who you could sort of see she was just thinking way too much about what was coming next and what move she had to do rather than just reacting to what has just happened and you do see that in wrestlers that are new to being in front of crowds that are still learning. And then we were down, of course, to Toxic Attraction and uh, Chance and Carter. We had a This Is Awesome chant going on from the crowd who, as we all know, are not your normal crowd. Um, but this was certainly not awesome. Um, I thought the former champions Toxic Attraction were really poor, actually. Especially JC Jane, who really started to get on my nerves this week with her stupid little actions after everything that she did. I did, though, like Carter and Chance's finisher. Um, and I do think Caden Carter stepped up her game for this one. I saw something in her that makes me believe that she's got a chance. So, good to see Chance and Carter getting... Uh, a run with the titles, but I'm going to be honest, the majority of this match wasn't great. 
as always with what I'm saying, if you disagree, let us know um, on Twitter or however you interact with the podcast. Um, We then went and had a backstage uh, interview that got interrupted. It was uh, Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen. They got interrupted by Joe Gacy and the Diad, or whatever Zach Gibson and James Drake are now called. What a bollocks segment this was. Uh, I can't remember exactly what Jensen said in there. Something about turning left and right and then going straight onto his fist or some crap. Sounded terrible. Whoever wrote those lines just shouldn't be working in professional wrestling, unfortunately. We then, though, had Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams in the ring. They were celebrating Carmelo Hayes' birthday. Uh, I've no idea what they were saying half the time because I'm too old and grumpy to be down with the kids, but I like the way they say it, so I guess that counts. Um, And then we get an open challenge being thrown out by Carmelo Hayes where he said the next person to enter the ring gets a title shot. And Giovanni uh, Vin. Giovanni Vinci answers the call, or so he thought anyway, because while he was dicking around during his entrance on the way to the ring, Nathan Fraser just runs past him, got in the ring, which meant he then got the title shot, and it was Nathan Fraser versus Carmelo Hayes for the North American Championship. Uh, Giovanni Vinci ended up going on commentary for this one, and this match really was the best part of the show. Um... I personally hate the Nathan Fraser character, but he is he is really good in the ring. Um, a really good defence and performance as well, once again, from Carmelo Hayes. And I even like the finish when Vinci got involved and Hayes hit his axe kick from the top. Yeah, all good stuff, once again. Uh, the match between Vinci and Fraser is going to be great as well. Next up, we had this weird NXT title summit contract signing thing between Bron Breaker and JD McDonough, with Wade Barrett in the middle of them. Um, JD is a weird, weird guy. But he did speak quite well, I have to admit. Uh, Bron went full Steiner like he usually does, which always makes it sort of awesome. Um, but then things got really weird when J.D. McDonough signed his name on the contract in his own blood. Um, I think the eventual match is going to be good, but this segment was weird. We then had a couple of backstage segments, one involving the Creeds and Apollo Crews, and another involving some terrible, terrible acting from Toxic Attraction. Where Mandy Rose sort of went from having a fit backstage with the other two into doing her usual entrance for the next match, which made me laugh at all of this and how stupid it was. She was then up against Saray. Um, I still don't get what they're trying to do with Saray. She came into WWE with massive hype, um, but she's done absolutely nothing since joining NXT which isn't exactly all her fault and instead terrible creative Um, 
this stupid schoolgirl gimmick that she transforms from is crap. And this match wasn't that good either. Uh, Mandy Rose won the match with a running knee, which didn't look that great either. She then went and grabbed a chair and started attacking Saray, which also looked terrible. So he start made the save, and I hope that she does actually win the title, because she's somebody that I can get behind. I do enjoy her work. I think the match is going down at Heatwave, I'm guessing. So I look forward to that. But yeah, not a good showing from these women in this match. On to another woman that I just want to briefly talk about, and that is Tiffany Stratton. Uh, because I'm finding it really hard at the minute to dislike her. Uh, they want her to be this heel, but from the time that Wendy Chu was just attacking her for no reason, all the way to this video package that they aired, uh, where she was showing off her impressive gymnastic skills, and, and I just find myself being impressed by her. Nothing she's saying is wrong. Nothing she's saying is bad, exactly. Um, I think she would be a great sort of banter baby face. And I hope that is what they do with her. Maybe a double turn with Wendy Chu, because I think everyone is now fed up with that character. Uh, but yeah, I don't dislike Tiffany Stratton at all. I really like her. So I'm not sure this uh, vignette did its job, to be honest, or any of the other segments with her. Then, though, Axiom um, gets his interview interrupted by Duke Hudson this time. And I don't know why Hudson calling him a nerd before beating the shit out of him tickled me so much, but it did. Uh, I'm slowly becoming a fan of Duke Hudson, I think. He beat Axiom down to ringside. Um, and as he goes to walk off, Axiom's causing back for a match. As soon as he did that, you could see exactly how this was going to go with Axiom getting a win, or a surprise win. Um, yeah, nothing much about this, to be honest. They kept hinting at who Axiom is. As we all know, it is a kid. So it leaves the question, why did they change him in the first place? Don't really get that decision. And then it was the Creed Brothers putting up their NXT Tag Team Championships on the line against Tony D'Angelo and Stax Lorenzo. Pretty much all the offence by the family in this one was slow and boring. Apart from one weird looking suplex thing by Tony. And I don't really know what it was or what it was meant to be, whether it was botched or... But it kind of looked cool. Um, the Creeds are much, much better when they're just smashing up people. And I know you can't really do that every single match. But when they're asked to do too much of other stuff, they don't look anywhere near as good. Uh, I did like the finish, though, where Santos Escobar turned up, costing Tony the match after Electra Lopez handed Tony the crowbar. Um... 
that all sort of sets up this last encounter thing that we're going to get. I, I don't know whether that's next week or at Heatwave. Um, and that obviously makes the whole contract gimmick match that they had a couple of months ago mean nothing at all, but never mind. At least we'll finally be done with this feud. Brooks Jensen then took on Joe Gacy, and I'll be honest, I was getting really bored of this show at this point. Uh, this match was a load of bollocks, including the finish where Pretty Deadly ran in and distracted Jensen for Gacy to win the match. I have no interest in any of this crap, and I hope they get Cameron Grimes away from this shit as quickly as possible. It's just all terrible. Alba Fire then beat Lash Legend, where Alba Fire sort of tried the best to get a decent match out of Lash Legend. And it probably was the best match I've seen Lash Legend have, but she needs a hell of a lot of work. And hopefully she does get the help she needs, because there is potential there. But again, none of this meant anything to me at all. They were sort of pushing this as a big feud. It didn't come across like that at all. And then it was time for the main event, which was Von Wagner against Solo Sokoa in a Force Count Anywhere match. And again, I was getting really bored of all this. But then they decided to take the fight outside, where I sort of perked up a little bit. We saw Carmelo Hayes and with the ladies that you saw earlier. Uh, Hayes gets pushed into the car. Von Wagner dumps Sokoa in a bin where he rose up like the undertaker or something cameron grimes just got pushed into a load of water bottles but unfortunately they then came back to the ring where i was back to being just a little bit bored by it all especially after seeing sort of brock lesnar and roman reigns at the weekend this was nowhere near as good as that obviously um the finish was a nice idea, but that looked like it was a little bit botched as well, as I think Sokoa tried the Uso splash through the announce table, but ended up sort of turning it into a headbutt because he just didn't go far enough. Uh, again, this really didn't do anything for me, if I'm honest. And that is my takeaway from the whole show, really. Uh, I zoomed through all this just because I didn't really have any notes. Um, very little excited me. Uh, some things were okay, but the majority of it did nothing for me. I can't get excited for NXT when it's like this. Um, I don't know if this show was taped or if it was live because I've been... Seeing the reports that NXT will be returning to the uh, old black and gold formula, but this certainly wasn't it at all. But I am interested to hear what you thought of it. And you can obviously tell me by following and getting in touch on Twitter. I am at AdamChalk8 on there. While you're at it, please subscribe and leave us a review to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts for daily podcasts just like this one 
Look out for the AEW Dynamite show dropping tomorrow, which probably will be a little bit longer and we can go into more depth. But until then, thank you for listening and I will see you next time.